And hey there, how there, ho there, and a gracious good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour Podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of U of L women's athletics. And we'll certainly do some of that today. Also, some stuff that's not so joyful and exciting, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit as well. But we uh, right now have a full house with us. Uh, Jared Anderson got us on mute right now as he's trying to figure out how to get into the Louisville Lacrosse Stadium bright and early and half an hour before the game. He'll be out there taking pictures today. Uh, I was originally scheduled to be out there to do the broadcast. I'll be following it on the internet now since I was told there will be no press in the press box yesterday. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> kind of an interesting turn of events there. But uh, everybody else in the house with us today, we got Daryl in here. Daryl has got free groceries out in your car if you live in Daryl's area. <laughs> Go on in. She's just been to the store. She's left the doors unlocked. Help yourself to a variety of breakfast items. Uh, have you got any good cereal in there, Daryl? Because I'm kind of wondering about that. Had to bring the cereal in. That was the most prized possession. <laughs> got the eggs, the bread, and uh, the milk. So a lot of French toast in your future, I can tell right now. Then, huh? Well, it's going to sure. snow, so that's what you do, right? <laughs> you know, I guess so. Either that or call Carrie out and say, oh, we'll be there in two hours. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate that. That melodious voice you heard is Jeff McAdams, who's jumped in here. Who uh, I haven't really had a chance to talk with Jeff too much this morning about anything. Um, so you know, all is well in his world, and uh, I know he's getting excited because softball plays on Sunday, and of course we'll have some volleyball playing eventually, right? Yeah, next week. Uh, yeah, uh, next week. Yeah, next week, two weeks. It's getting closer and closer. That's all that matters. So that's that's good. <laughs> but, uh, Twitter will inform us. On yeah, that. there is other uh, volleyball going out there. Yeah, next week we we'll play at Lipscomb. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean there is other volleyball going on out there in other conferences, which you know I'm kind of catching a little bit here and there, which is fun. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, generally good. Uh, I was sharing with Case uh, earlier. Uh, couple of minutes ago i got the words emergency change freeze dropped on me at work this week so that's not fun but uh anybody that works in it probably just cringed so um yeah but otherwise things going well here good to hear out of that an emergency change freeze does that have anything to do with the weather no it doesn't um no basically it means that we got into a situation that uh uh, we need to be very, very careful about making changes in, in a s- certain part of our system so that we don't blow something up. So try to avoid outages. So, uh, explosions yeah. and internet never go well together, do they? Uh, fi- figurative explosions here. Nothing nothing real. Jared has texted. Jared is with us. He's listening. He says, we're playing music that we have to cover up certain language. Seems a little odd to be playing stuff like that at here today. Uh, you're going to go for our kid, the offspring, if that's familiar with anybody. That's the song currently out out there. He's got us on mute, so we can't hear that. Uh, whatever. Yeah, could be fine. Uh, Darryl, yeah, we could I, listen I, I, to I'm it because we're not limited by the FCC, but also we are limited by copyright laws. They're, they're not limited by FCC, but, you know, playing university, 
probably don't I guess, do. I guess but, it's out there. They're bleeping the parts, you know. That, yeah. Uh, all the eight-year-olds out there probably shouldn't hear. So. Interesting. Case Hoskins in the house with us as well as he is uh, getting ready to. Uh, I, I don't know, Case. Tell me what you're getting ready to do today. Uh, my nephew's birthday was yesterday, so we're gonna go oh. there a little bit and have some cake, I guess. Maybe go take a look at the future school site for my niece and nephew. My dog just jumped off of the chair next to me and startled me. <laughs> Looking after Rossi this morning. Well, if you need to take any food to the shindig, stop by Daryl's and I'll just help <laughs> yourself. Yeah, I'll just grab it out of the car. Yeah, grab it out of the car, man. Here, I brought some eggs and here's some milk. <laughs> <laughs> no cereal, though. Couldn't get that. No cereal. Sorry, guys. Plenty of bread. Help yourself on the bread. And so we just uh, kind of following some of the, the sporting events that have been going on this week, some of the changes that have been involved with stuff, and also trying to deal with the aspect of frozen vehicles. Yes. Yeah. Frozen vehicles. So much fun. Uh Jared has just texted in again. He's more active than he is normally on the show here, so this is pretty cool. Uh, he just texted in and said, Teeter is happy we're covering again, and he's happy to be back in action. So there Aww. you go. I will be uh, actually doing the post-game interview with Coach Teeter after the game is over via the magic of Microsoft Teams. Mm. That should be fun and interesting. Haven't heard yet from Nick on whether there's any going to be any players involved or not. We'll have to find out about that. Yeah. Uh, but that's awesome. Teeter is just delightfully Canadian. Oh, he is, yeah. He <laughs> really is. Thanks Thanks for covering us again. Thought you might not come back this year. Right. You've only <laughs> covered Louisville lacrosse since the inception of the site, but yeah. thanks, thanks for coming he's, back. He's such a great dude. <laughs> we, we found our way back down Florida Street somehow, and there I was. The stadium was still there. Although they wouldn't let Jared in the way he normally gets in. Whatever. It should be interesting if I go out and actually watch some of this. Uh, I think we play Syracuse next on the, uh, later on this week over there because the first four games are at home. I'll kind of wait and see uh, if I'm allowed to go in the forbidden zone or whether I got to enter like the rest of the commoners to the. I don't know, but uh, if they're not allowed to press in the press box, that speaks volumes to me. I'm probably not going to go until they do that, or if they ever do that. We'll see. But we've digressed enough here. Time to get into the scheduling and Twitter. Information coming up for you for this next week, so we'll turn that over to Case Hoskins. Yeah, it's uh, getting busy. I mentioned last week that it would be uh, as the spring sports get started and the fall slash spring sports get started because they just they couldn't get enough in the fall so they had to steal some of spring sports shine uh but if if we look at today uh we discussed this a little bit right before the show started i think daryl had the right earlier um softball versus uh unc greensboro and south carolina were scheduled for today at the south carolina tournament in columbia but that tournament was canceled not for COVID 19 which is a, a welcome uh, reason for a welcome difference in reason for cancellations uh just unrelenting weather was going to prevent softball from being played down there so that Sta- standard softball fair there right yeah a, a yeah. reason and a legitimate reason to have not yeah. played softball it's nice um or legitimate regular reason i should say right uh 
so they have actually rerouted. They're going to be playing a doubleheader against Alabama tomorrow at 1 p.m. and 3.30 p.m., um, sending them like lambs to the slaughter to open the season. <laughs> That's brutal opening. Yeah. Uh, the one that is going on today, like we mentioned, lacrosse getting set to host Florida here in about 22 minutes as we record. Um, Florida coming in as the seventh-ranked team. Uh, it's going to be a, a tough fight. Scott Teeter is going to get to see right out of the gate uh, what his team has this season and what they can expect. Getting started tomorrow, women's golf is hosting the Moon Golf Invitational right down the road from my house. Actually, that's not true. It's at the Duran Country Club, which is weird because later in the week it says hosted by Louisville. So we are hosting a <laughs> we are hosting the Moon Golf Invitational, not in Louisville. Um, so that's yeah, they do that every year once or twice. So it is this awesome. used to be a Florida event, if I remember correctly. The Moon did. It's probably in uh, Florida. It's just hosted by us. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes no sense to me, because what's the point of having a home team in golf? It is. In Melbourne, Florida is where Duran is. Yeah. There's no home yeah. team Row, in golf. Rowing does that, too, with some of the regattas, but yeah. Well, I'd hate to see him try to play at a, you know, Valhalla or the Louisville Golf Club in this weather. Oh, yeah. It's supposed, to, it's supposed to be fun and exciting. They'd have to use a, a black ball, I think. They might be playing yeah. snow golf later in the week. Just have yeah. a blowtorch when you get to the green. <laughs> Uh, but that, that Moon Golf Invitational is uh, from Sunday through Tuesday. Uh, men's Golf also in action Sunday through Tuesday at the All-American Intercollegiate Humble. Sorry, that's in Humble, Texas at the Golf Club of Houston. I, you would really think that by now we could start getting some more clear definitions of the schedule events on <laughs> for golf. Um, or at least that at this point after three or four years of doing the show, I'd be able to figure out how to read them. But here we are. Uh, women's tennis is taking on UT Martin uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m. That one's at the Bass Red Center. Uh, softball was scheduled to play South Carolina again, um, but like we mentioned, that tournament canceled, and they're playing Alabama. Women's basketball at Syracuse postponed. Uh, we will get into that at length later, I assume. Men's tennis taking on Kentucky uh, for the first 2021 Battle of the Bluegrass at 3 p.m. Uh Monday, Tuesday, we discussed our golf. Swimming is taking on the ACC championships. Um, they're taking them on. They're going to fight the whole tournament. That's in uh, <laughs> it's, with swimming swimming versus ACC championships. Got it. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Um, that's in Greensboro, North Carolina. Is scheduled through Saturday. Uh, and that's only the women's side. The men's side, I believe, is the following week. Track hosting the Cardinal Invitational starting on Wednesday. So that'll be chilly and probably snowy. That one gets underway at noon. Men's basketball scheduled to end their pause, uh, their COVID, their second COVID-19 pause, um, against Syracuse in the Yum Center on Wednesday at 6.30. We will see if that happens. Softball begins an ACC pod weekend in Raleigh, North Carolina on Thursday. They'll be taking on Virginia to open that. Lacrosse hosts Colorado, not Syracuse, Paul. On Thursday at 3 p.m. Uh, Colorado, yes, Colorado, that's right. And then softball will play again. They'll be taking on NC State at 4 p.m. on Thursday. Women's basketball scheduled to take on Pittsburgh. Obviously, we don't know what the extent of their second COVID-19 pause will bring, whether they'll play that game. Rowing, uh, heading down to Dallas to participate in an event hosted by SMU. 
starts on Friday. Softball plays NC State again at 11 a.m. on Friday. Women's tennis playing Syracuse at 12 p.m. on Friday. Softball taking on NC State again at 1.30. Are they really scheduled to play NC State three times in two days? That seems unreasonable. Um, but maybe they are. Well, actually, I guess not. They, they play three game sets in softball. And baseball will host Bellarmine on Friday at 3 p.m. Men's tennis at NC State on Friday at 4. And that was a busy week. Not even going to get into Saturday, but that is when volleyball plays their next match against Lipscomb. Okay. That softball against NC State, that may be, um, that may actually be considered non-conference. Because uh, I think for conference matchups, aren't they doing four-game series? So I just pulled up the schedule. They're playing Virginia on Thursday, then three games against NC State on Thursday and Friday, and then a game yeah. against Virginia on Saturday and a game against Virginia on Sunday. ACC pod weekend. So I guess it is probably conference. Okay. But like if you look later in the schedule, you've got like four straight games against Clemson, four against Virginia Tech, four against Pitt. They're doing generally four game series this year. Yeah. And it's a, it's a weird schedule. We'll see how yeah, it goes. It's weird schedule. It's, I mean, it's all COVID stuff that's triggering it, of course. But Yeah. Jared mentions all other series this year, four games, uh, two regular length games, and then a pair of doubleheaders on the Saturdays, typically, is how they've got it scheduled, which I assume those will be five-inning doubleheaders, probably, or do you think they'll play full games? Uh, usually when they do doubleheaders, they'll do full seven. Yeah. I don't know if they've made any changes for that this year because COVID, but typical doubleheaders and softball, man, it's a, it's a full seven. Yeah. So uh, that gets us through scheduling. Um, it's it's going to be like that for the next couple of weeks, folks. People um, strap in when we get to scheduling on Twitter because yeah. there are a lot of games on these schedules. Um, moving over to Twitter, I tweet is at best case scenario. It's BST case scenario. Daryl is at Daryl Faust 4. Paul is at Cardinal Couple. Uh, Jeff is at Card Couple Radio and at Jeff McAdams. And Jared is at Mr. Anderson Jarrett. Figured I'd blitz through Twitter this week since uh, scheduling took so long. And we've got oh so much to talk about um, as we move into the rest of the show. And very well done on both of those cases. As you are right there, we do have a lot to cover today with you. And I guess we might as well go ahead and uh, start with, with the bad news here concerning women's basketball. We did find out, and I think was it was a I can't remember which one of you broke it last night in our group chat. I think it was around 6 o'clock or so. But uh, the Cardinals will not be playing Syracuse this week, a game that was scheduled to take place up in Syracuse because of COVID protocol. Someone on the team or within the organization, as they like to say, has tested positive. or And it's disappointing. Second time we've been through it, uh, Daryl. What was your reaction when you when you first saw that? Just what about what we've been saying this whole time? Like, you know, treat every game like it's the last, and you know, you do the Friday morning write up talking about Thursday's night night's game, and then by oh I don't know, you know, the afternoon it's hey we're not playing on Sunday. It's just. I have this little chalkboard in my kitchen that every every opponent, I'll, it says go cards, beat whoever, 
and I uh, erased the opponent, and now it's got COVID right there, just being yeah. COVID. And it's just, it's frustrating. Um, the team was on a roll and, you know, trying to vouch for the uh, number one seeding in the postseason, and here we are having to pause again. Um, it just sucks. And I, I was really looking forward to a game tomorrow, especially with the men off, too. Yeah, I think we all wanted to kind of see how this second round against Syracuse would go, especially on the road up there. But uh, now we wait and see. And in case you were talking a little bit about this in your article today, that first COVID pause for us was rather lengthy. Uh, what are we looking at as far as a potential downtime for the cards? You know, it's hard to tell. Uh, holidays certainly didn't help the length of the, the first pause. Um I think if there had been not Christmas and, and New Year's right there in that, that middle week, Louisville might have been able to, to get back into action earlier. Um, the men's team, their first pause was 18 days, I believe. Their second pause is going to be at least 16 days. Um, women's basketball, like I mentioned, was almost a month. And it's not encouraging uh based on the way that they performed coming out of that first pause both teams uh both of Louisville's teams and it's tough to say whether they're going to play another regular season game uh, there's only 15 days left in the regular season so if you look at the 16 day pause that the men's team had um and the 19 day pause previously and the the length of Louisville women's uh with the currently final scheduled game of the regular season being on the 28th against Notre Dame, that would be 16 days from Louisville's announced pause. Um, there's there's not a date set on Louisville's schedule for when the ACC tournament is scheduled to start. Um, I'm sure that that date is set by the ACC, but there may be a few days to try and push one of those games in in the first week of March. But if not, then, then Louisville's going to end their regular season, I think, at 19-1. and Because I, I don't I don't think they're going to play on Thursday against Pittsburgh. And then, you know, it's just a crapshoot. It's up in the air about, you know, who has tested positive, what the extent of that is, what the extent of the quarantining and contact tracing is. Um, obviously, if, if you're looking at the the number of players that would have to be quarantined to make it so that they can't play tomorrow against Syracuse um, based on contact tracing would imply that there's a chance that some of those players could also get sick. Um, so we just we just don't know. There's just too much uh, uncertainty, I would say, to, to try and prognosticate what the length of this pause will be. Yeah, a couple of points on that. I mean, I think across – the NCAA, most of these pauses for these programs have been close to two weeks at least uh, or more, right? I think two weeks has been about the minimum we've seen for most of them. So that would pretty much suggest that our regular season is done, um, like like Case was saying there. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think you, you bring up that there's no ACC tournament listed on the schedule. I'm not sure we're going to have an ACC tournament. I think that's still a bit up in the air is even a thing, right? I mean, like, are, they're talking about, like, NCAA might say we're not doing tournaments, I think is, I think they kind of deferred on that, but, yeah. Yeah, I think um, 
uh, Mike Rutherford and Jeff Greer talked about this on on his podcast, uh, Jeff Greer's podcast earlier this week about about the concept of conference tournaments on the men's basketball side and and how a lot of teams were kind of implicitly threatening that they might decide to skip them and then a bunch of conferences put out statements saying hey don't forget you're contractually obligated to play in this or we won't give you any money so we talked about how um, the NCAA lost almost a billion dollars last year by not having the NCAA tournament you know we can't pretend that the the conferences didn't lose money by not finishing their tournaments and and the financial impact that would have on them um, with all of their TV rights deals to not have a tournament this year so I think they're all going to try to have it. Um, I think we've seen some conferences indicate for the conferences that play typically at uh, school sites for maybe the opening rounds. I think that that's not going to happen. I think almost every conference is going to try and bubble up for their tournament. So I think the ACC will try to do that. Uh, It's just a matter of they're probably trying to figure out when exactly the men's tournament will be, uh, and they don't want the men's and women teams to be there at the same time well it was a case of last year too if you'll remember one of the situations was the women had their tournament and then there was a a few days break and then the men came in for their tournament and that's Mm -hmm. when things started to get shut down we had uh, people that were down there in greensboro and all of a sudden uh, the reports started coming out hey play is stopped if you take a look at what the acc is proposing right now Okay. Traditionally, on the first day of the ACC tournament, there are three games. I like to call those the kind of play-in games to see if you can get to the next round. All right. Right now, they only have one game potentially scheduled for that Wednesday. One game. Because That's true. Two, you two have teams down. Teams. That's right. Yeah. As Jeff pointed out, there are a couple teams down. So then you go into the next day or the second round, as they call it, on Thursday. You get to your quarterfinals on Friday, semifinals on Saturday, and then Sunday, of course, the championship. So do you really? I mean, you know, okay, you're gonna you're gonna limit the attendance on this almost certainly, yeah. right? Media attendance will be pretty much non-existent. I'm not going down for it this year, which will be the first time I've missed one in gosh, probably ten years, a long time. But I'm not going to risk it. I'm not going to go down for it because, quite honestly, I'm going to I'm going to kind of agree with everybody else here's thinking. Although I haven't really checked with, with Daryl on this yet, I'd be fine if we skip the conference tournament, just like Jared said. Why take another COVID risk, especially when you're first coming, just coming out of one? And I think everybody would rather go to the NCAA tournament instead of playing in a conference tournament. If you had to choose between the two, the question is now. How do you do your seedings on the NCAA tournament if you've got no conference tournaments to, to go off of? See, I think you just go off the regular season, pretend that last week or so is the is the tournament, except if you lose, you're not out. <laughs> I, like I mean, that. I know that you're not going to be facing the best in the conference, depending on everyone's schedule, but in a year... Um, when you can just be happy to get games and you want to give the trophy to somebody who deserves it instead of like last year when they just, at least on the men's side, they just handed it to Florida state and they didn't even play. Um, I don't, I don't want that to happen. So 
as far as getting quality uh, games and having a, a trophy mean something, I think that's probably the best route to go. I can't argue with that logic one bit. I can't argue with it. Of course, uh, the conference tournament in years past has been a, a money maker for the ACC. Maybe not uh, this year. True. Let's go ahead and yeah, and the and fan pits is always fun. But go ahead, Jim. Yeah, and I've said in the past I I would love to see the ACC play a tournament for volleyball, which they don't routinely, right? Um, but that's it in normal times, right? You know, in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, okay, let's let's bag the tournament. Let's put another couple of regular season games in there and where you're not playing back to back to back and extra maybe can cut down on travel a little bit and and go into the NCAA and hopefully bubble up a bit there. Uh, you know, I think it's the the wiser decision given the situation of of, of the world right now. Um, you know, I'll miss the tournament. The tournaments are a lot of fun. They're always a lot of fun to watch. I'll miss them. But I do kind of think it's the wiser decision to make. I think I'm reminded of um, something that Holly Anderson, uh, formerly of Everyday Should Be Saturday, um, now with the Moon Crew, if you're an online uh, college football type person, you would maybe know what that means. But yeah. um, what she has said about, you know, the NFL, MLB, the NCAA, all of that to this point. What's the reason that um what's the reason that all these leagues are playing? How have they been able to do it through COVID and everything? And her statement's pretty simple and pretty true. They wanted to, so they did. And that's what it's gonna be for conference mm -hmm. tournaments. If they want to, they're gonna do them. You know, come hell or high water, whatever that takes or means, you know, they're gonna do it. Uh, same thing with the NCAA tournament. The the idea that the NCAA tournament won't just wait until two weeks after the conference tournaments is baffling. It just makes sure that nobody's going to get sick from the conference tournaments and have to forfeit games, because that's what the NCAA tournament's going to do. They're just going to make teams forfeit games. True. Um, but the idea that they won't just wait is, is baffling. But yeah, if the conferences want to do the tournaments, they're going to do them, and if they don't want to do them, they're not going to do them. Um, I think it's pretty simple from that perspective. Some time will tell, certainly, our, our thoughts right now are with the U of L women's basketball team, hoping that the testing, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it was a fluke, hopefully. Maybe there's not a, a positive case on staff. If there is, certainly, let's hope that it's not anything that's very serious, although saying very serious in COVID, I know, can be touching, but let's hope that the cards can get it turned around and, 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 and maybe get a couple games left in the regular season before they have to, you know, see that whole season pass by them while they're on pause. But, uh, hey, one way to look at it right now, we're on top and nobody's going to change that. Nobody can, you know, say, hey, you get three losses? No, we didn't play. <laughs> yeah. Didn't happen. We just protected our lead. That's right. It was, it, was, not, it was a wall's gambit and a great option, coach. Yeah, not the way I wanted to do it. But. Exactly. That's that's for sure. But uh, so with all that in, in mind, certainly our, our thoughts are with the players. Our prayers are with the players, hoping that none of them are seriously ill, along with the staff and, of course, the coaches and, and those that take part in the daily operations. Uh, also, our thoughts go out to Nick Evans. He's also involved in that kind of quarantine issue as well so uh, that's 
the affable sports information director of Louisville Women's Basketball and lacrosse, is uh, watching things from afar right now as he undergoes his protocols as well. So uh, yeah, it's everywhere, guys. Be careful. Let's get into what has happened in terms of Louisville women's basketball. We certainly started this week on a fine note with the cards bringing Notre Dame, the Irish, into the KFCM Center. The cards bringing in an Irish team that was 8-7, and seven, I think, at the time on the season when they came in. Uh, a team that has talent galore but just hasn't been able to put it all together in a form that's made them a successful team in conference standings. First-year coach blues, who knows? It's, it's hard to say. All we know is that Louisville got a fight from the Irish, no doubt about that, as they played the cards very, very close. The Louisville squad taking the 71-65 win over Notre Dame, but... Uh, I wasn't too comfortable in that second half. I don't know about you kids, but uh, Daryl, that was a scary game, huh? Gosh, we just love to make it a game with Notre Dame, don't we? Even if they are a crappy team. Mm. Gosh, uh, sure. I mean, <laughs> that was the one um, that Olivia Cochran had come back and then um, Balagoon as well. So, you know, just getting them back into the motions and Olivia off an injury. And I mean, we saw an Elizabeth Balagoon that looked like she had a fire lit under. It was um, good to see her back and look like she got this competitive edge when she went to um, train with the national team. So, I mean, of course you got to get Dana Evans, the credit in that one, you know, the last few minutes she put the team on her back as she usually does. And, you know, had a 27-point performance. I just can't believe, like, every time I see Dana Evans' final stat line, I'm just like, how? When when, when did she go from, you know, just having, like, 10 points to 27 all of a sudden? But it's just, like, the norm for her. Um, and, of course, she's usually clutch at the free throw line as well. Um, and I think it was one of the commentators had to jinx her in that one or she would have been perfect, um, like, 50 in a row or something like that. But... You know, just a, a, another good win to get under our belt. And, um, yeah, just, you know, good to get wins over Notre Dame. Well, a game that we saw Dana Evans. I know it sounds like a broken record, Jeff. Dana Evans had a great game against Notre Dame. Dana Evans has a great game every game. And in a, in a preview of what was going to happen on senior night, maybe, Kelly Smith as well and Elizabeth Balogun, mm -hmm. those three were fantastic for the cards, but I think the key factor on this is uh, Olivia Cochran didn't score much, but had 11 rebounds in this contest to lead everybody on both teams. Uh, your thoughts on the contest, buddy? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, 11 rebounds for Cochran. None of those were defensive, so that limits second chance points for uh, Notre Dame, which which makes a big difference, obviously. Again, yeah, obviously Dana Evans, uh, I, I want to echo something that Daryl said that, that you know, I think in a number of games this season, I've been watching them, and it's been like, huh, okay, Dana Evans is, yeah, she's having an okay game, I guess. And then you look at the statute, and you're like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, that's better than just <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right, it's like, where, when did all those scores, scoring happen? It, it, it does, it, you're watching, and you're, you may, sometimes you don't, like, you feel like she's not playing as well as, 
she normally does and then you look at the stat sheet and it's like oh well okay yeah i guess she did all right <laughs> uh but yeah uh elizabeth Balogun looked great coming back from from working with the the nigerian team um you know it's such a great opportunity that always is uh to do stuff like that i'm i'm, I'm glad she's getting those opportunities as well um yeah, uh, those are the those are your three in triple in triple digits. Keanu Smith, Dana Evans, Elizabeth Balligan, on scoring. Uh, no no double doubles here, um, but uh, you know it's good good solid game, good solid first half. Uh, intriguingly, I loved this that uh, somebody pointed out that uh, the first quarter and second quarter scores were the same. 21-17 in both quarters for U of L. So. Um, you know, and then you look at third and fourth quarters, which third one was a tie, and fourth quarter I actually Notre Dame won. So, yeah, it's a good first half. Got to learn to keep the foot on the on the accelerator. Definitely needed to do that, and the cards kind of did drop off a little bit there in in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, but still actually won the second half uh, rebounding battle and. Also tied them in total rebounds, which I would have not predicted before this would happen as a 41 for each team case. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely interesting, uh, led by Olivia Cochran, like we mentioned, who was ineffective uh, on offense, uh, but was clearing out tons of boards. She got nine defensive rebounds, uh, really limiting uh, Notre Dame's uh, ability to get second chance points. They finished with just two for the entire game, uh, so very important to to win on the second chance points battle. Just four to two, but you know that's that's two extra points there. Um, what really stood out to me was Louisville just unable to put Notre Dame away, which you know we've seen in the past. Um, if Louisville doesn't beat them by thirty, then it's going to be close. Um, Louisville picked up an 11 point lead a couple of times, just couldn't keep Notre Dame down. Um, they went up by eight with about five minutes left and then just forgot how to play offense. Uh, I mentioned before the show started that, um, that Apple is still having trouble with its SMS group messages on Sunday. I was working on building a, uh, a new vanity for our, for our bathroom sitting in the basement watching this on my iPad and when Louisville cleared the rebound with Keanu Smith and was was carrying it upfield with about a, up the court with about a minute left I, I told Lindsay I said uh, could really go for a Dana Evans dagger three here and you know she <laughs> she obliged which I, I appreciated um uh, and that really kind of put it away uh Louisville was not going to give up a four-point lead with a minute left because it's not in their DNA to do that this season for sure um Dana Evans like we mentioned, scoring the last five points of the game um, to put this one kind of a little bit further out of reach. But it was tough. It was a good game for Louisville to have and to experience in a way that they are, you know, up against the ropes against a, a conference rival like this and able to hang on tight down the down the stretch without making us worry too much, um, not needing a, a final basket like they did against wake forest but able to just say okay that's enough of this the game is over now um so encouraging for whenever they're able to get back in action to to have another mentally tough win here the irish putting four players in double figures each one of them 
with 10 points. And a player who surprised me, I don't know what you all thought about this, what you all saw on this, is a player that came in and actually off the bench, Olivia Miles, had 10 points in 14 minutes. She had a streak of like six points in a row and was a ball player that uh, I did not put in any of my pregame scouts. Any thoughts on her at all? And she came in and basically uh, had a great game against the Cards, Daryl. I feel like the last couple games that our opponents have had a player come off the bench and kind of had a, a night for themselves. You see, Miles is five of eight. She didn't land one from behind three, but, you know, I feel like the just the, the scouting report for the opponents, they come in and they know who the starting roster is, and they're not – the starting roster isn't really getting – the chances so that gives the, the bench players the opportunity and sure if they have a night and still lose the game let them have it hey i will break in here just real quickly on this is uh lacrosse has started out at the louisville lacrosse stadium and uh preseason honorable mention all-american carolyn blaylock has gotten the scoring started for louisville with a one nothing lead over nice. florida Carolyn Blaylock, certainly one of those notorious Blaylock sisters as the cards on the board. Yeah, Very it, good. I, I wasn't giving live updates, but that was why I was a little bit distracted while I was talking. But it, it did look like Florida was going to score in the first, like, 15 seconds of that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw, well, yeah, I saw the very end of that because ESPN and I are having difficulties on deciding who my cable provider is. I think they understand now. Okay, very good. But that's uh, so... This is a win. It's, it's a good win. As, as Jeff Walls loves to say, ACC wins are great wins. This was an ACC win. Uh, I think some of the fans maybe were a little bit perturbed that Notre Dame could get as close as they did in this contest. Certainly, they got very good play out of, of some very, very good players they've got on their team. But the cards get out of this with a W. Takes them to an 18-1 record now as they move into a Thursday night contest. On Dana night, on homecoming night, on not homecoming night, but se- senior night, and boy, what what an emotional night that was! That was fantastic, starting with the very beginning, when uh, you know they they did the, the video wall, Daryl, and, and and everything went well, and then a little girl came out and sang the national anthem. <laughs> and that was just that's, been, that's been getting some attention too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. She uh, came out and nailed it. You know, she came out and nailed it. And Coach Walls even talked about it a little bit uh, in the post game, Daryl, where he was saying, you know, we, we had a trial run that Lucy and Lola put on a basketball game for us. And what they did is they took us through the whole thing. They uh, had a scanner from the kitchen. I don't know what he scans in the kitchen with. <laughs> that they used to check mom and dad into the arena with. <laughs> and then they sat down and they were playing on the Papa shot that is in the Walls household. But before the contest started between the two, Lucy did sing the national anthem for mom and dad and Lola. So she did have some practice at it, but wonderfully done. And, and, and Dana was just fantastic the whole time during it. Uh, they, as you all well know, brought her parents out. So the roses were distributed and everything else. Daryl, this was a, a, a nice win for Louisville. I didn't think that we'd beat Georgia Tech that badly. How about you? 
first comment on the national anthem, like think I touched on it in the um, article, but just think about four years ago when the team was going to the final four. Um, they just beat Oregon State and Lexington. And these two little girls are just running around on the court in confetti. And it's, you know, they're they're really young men. And I put a picture in of how old they were at that game. But they're really young. And, like, they're starting to come into, uh, you know, older age. And they remember these players. And, you know, they spent four years with Dana. And then they, you know, they have – it's had to have been Lucy's idea to – to want to do the anthem it's just so sweet um it just it makes me so happy to think about her wanting to do something special for this player she's spent the last four years around and who's gotten the confetti to come down for her so she can run around and do it in it and do uh snow angels in it and it's just so cute um and, and, and sweet we, and I, I mean how is that not a recruiting tool i mean you you come here and you're like, well, these are my daughters. You're going to spend the next four years with them, too. So, you know, it's just it brings all these cute, sweet emotions up and, and relationships that you're going to have for the rest of your life. And when Dana Evans is 50 years old, you know, Lucy will be, uh, you know, 35 or whatever. And it'll they'll still be buddies, I bet. It's just so cute. Um, but, yeah, I did not expect that performance from the cards um, against GT. I thought it was going to be one of those clo- – I thought it was going to be like the Notre Dame score. Um, just going to be a close one the whole way. I know we we knew that they were like a um, three-point three shooting team coming into it. I felt like they didn't really get that uh, going as well as they could have. I mean, they still had a good night. They still scored 70 points, which was about their average. But the cards, able to put 15 more on them, didn't see that one coming. But uh, it was it was a pretty good game. Um, just n- nothing spectacular, but a good win for uh, Dana Evans to go out on. So I enjoyed it. I think there were two key points in this game for the cards. One of them being at the end of the first half when Louisville was able to go on a nice little 6-0 run to separate themselves a bit from the Texters. The Texters actually led us at the end of one quarter. 20 to 19, Louisville used a 17-8 second second quarter advantage, including that 6-0 run at the end to go up at halftime and, and, and take the lead. And then the third quarter belonged to Kiana Smith, Mr. Jeff. What about her performance, the first 13 Louisville points of the second half? Yeah, she just went on a rampage. Uh, uh, she, had, she had a great second half, and – uh, you know, you, you can't praise her enough. Uh, she was back in the starting lineup, which has been kind of an off-again, on-again thing. Uh, you know, she played 30, 38 minutes, uh, 21 points overall, most of those in the second half. At, you know, Dana's not the only one that sometimes says climb aboard. Uh, sometimes it's somebody else steps up. Of course, I mean, Dana also said climb aboard in this game as she usually does, but um, you know it's 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 nice when you get to di- distribute that and and you know four four players in double figures is good. Kiana played great um, and five assists while she's at it, which is pretty good too. So it's certainly a good performance by Kiana there, who also got to do the post game uh, Microsoft Teams interview stuff and uh, was very gracious and was very thankful to be able to be out there 
uh, updating stuff for you. you know, uh, Florida just tied it up with Louisville across at 1-1. So we're back to zero again on that. Okay, so when you take a look at this game against Georgia Tech, we all anticipated the Tech squad coming in here and giving Louisville fits. They were actually a team that was third in the rankings coming into this. Louisville out-rebanded them 37-34, to and that surprised me very much. Yeah, it was another good game for uh, Liz Dixon getting getting to start. Um, she went 13-9, and very nearly a double-double. And then Olivia Cochran uh, finding her place a little bit more on offense in this one uh, versus the Notre Dame game. She picked up 13 points and added six rebounds. Um, from the guard spot, Mikasa Robinson made the most of her start. She picked up seven rebounds. Um, she did have that weird technical, which uh, that was such a weird situation, um, which is not what you're going for. You're not looking for a player to come in and, and battle in that way. Uh, it, w- it was really kind of unnecessary the way that she inserted herself into the situation, but ultimately not very important because it was double technical. So it is what it is. But yeah, the winning that rebounding battle, uh, you got a lot of help from the guard spot. Uh, not just Makasa Robinson, seven, but five from Van Lith, three from Kiana Smith, um, and then four from Dana is one of her higher numbers on the season. And then most of those coming on the defensive end, just clearing out the boards, making sure that Georgia Tech's not getting an opportunity for for second chance points. They did finish with 14, which was a lot on 10 offensive rebounds, but could have been more. Um, had Louisville not done more to to stop them on the offensive end. So a good job offensively um, and defensively on on the rebounding side. And Louisville just, you know, runs away with this one in the second quarter and doesn't look back. Certainly they did indeed and and did not have a fourth quarter collapse. In fact, they won the fourth quarter 25-19 to against Georgia Tech. Kind of interesting to me, you know, is – the way I saw it, we only played seven people basically in this game. Okay, we didn't see anything but Kono for the final minute, Alana Smith for the final minute, Marissa Russell, and they all basically three came in so the crowd could give a little applause and and, and reference to Dana Evans and Keanu Smith and, and Liz Dixon's fine performances. Okay. Did that surprise you at all, Daryl, just playing seven players in this thing? A little bit. I was wondering towards the end of the game where Noriko was, <laughs> but, you know, like, the the players that were on the f- floor, they were doing their job. Um, I think the difference was the uh, free throws. So it shows you how important we needed, how much we needed those. Um. But, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't have felt comfortable if Norika would have ended up on the floor, honestly. Uh, her, you know, her defense right now is a little bit of a liability, and I think Coach, you know, played the players that were going to get his team a win. And I don't know I, if you all saw the pictures from this the pregame ceremonies with Dana and, like, how the entire team was just surrounding her and, you know, giving her her, her moment. You can see how much – they they lean on her and they trust her and she's literally the leader of this team who and she's so small it's so adorable because she's the smallest like one of the smallest people out there and they're all like towering over her but 
uh, Kiana said it after the game that she's, you know, she's been in the big game. She's been to a final four and we, we rely on her to take us to national championship. And, you know, they weren't going to get, they were going to get that win for her. And it's somebody, I can't remember who said it already in the show today, but you could see it. They're not, this team is not going to lose a lead in the last minute of the game. It's like, it's like a, a switch flips every time it gets kind of close towards the end, like either in Dana's um, uh, body uh, presence, like I could see it in her, her motions or everybody else around her. It's like a sense of calm comes over everybody and a sense of I'm, we're better than this team and we're better than almost all the teams out there and we can do this and they do. And it's just so much fun to watch. Um, and, and I also like the fact that Olivia Cochran's coming off the bench now, um, and given Liz Dixon, the, the start, but, um, I think that wasn't the case the other night, but, oh yeah, she was, she did start, but it's, it's, I feel like coach Walls is figuring out his team. He's figuring out what, how he can get the best out of everybody. And, and it's really, I, I see the difference. I, it's making sense to me. I think that she's going to continue to be that. Whatever else we see from her this year, and it was so nice to see her do the traditional things that seniors do at the end of the game. She kissed Louie the Cardinal Bird at half court, and she ran around the court and waved to everybody like the seniors traditionally do. I wish there was 20,000 in the stadium for her. Yeah, But, like, those are Louisville senior traditions, right? That's not... That, that that's not, or at least not done the same way by a lot of other schools. That's something that that you, some of that goes back to Angel McCautry. I think some of it goes back to Chaz Jones, uh, and maybe some others who have kind of instituted those things. And, and the other players, it's been, you know, kind of an emotional moment. And the other players have picked it up. And I love it. I love the fact that we've gotten these traditions developing out of it that are not necessarily basketball wide. That they're a little bit specific to this program and this team. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's been some discussion, and I'll let you all kind of bat this around a little bit about uh, what's happened to Haley the last couple of games. Although she's seen significant minutes, uh, the scoring has dropped off only four points in each of the last two games. Has she kind of hit that freshman wall? I, I don't know if I want to call it that. Certainly, it wasn't the Haley we saw earlier in the year. Is there anything going on with Haley Case? I don't know. You tell me. I think um, I mean, the ACC schedule is brutal. College basketball is brutal compared to high school. Um, even if you're playing in the AAU circuit, playing really good teams, it's just another level. And, you know, we're getting late into the season. Um, her legs are kind of falling out from under her a little bit. Uh, she's not getting those opportunities so much. Um, she only took four shots in her 26 minutes on Thursday night. But, you know, teams kind of figure her out to a certain extent. She's not as surprising. Um, and like I said, just it's a brutal schedule. She's just kind of fallen off a little bit. Not not talent-wise, obviously, but just, you know, it's a long season. It's a, it's a tough schedule. It, it, it wears on you, uh, especially for freshmen. So I wouldn't call it like a freshman wall to like the extent of she – she's not going to get better this year. Um, but just that, yeah, it, it, there is a physical wall there um, for someone that's competing at such a high level and 
and being introduced to this new system and new style of play. Uh, we saw it briefly uh, for Olivia Cochran. Um, injury might have had something to do with that, but she she was down for a couple of games, um, and then she she kind of found her stride again. So hopefully, with this pause, if Haley Van Lith isn't involved in it um, from a physical illness wise, she'll be able to take this opportunity to to gather herself and rebuild her strength and get back on track. But I think that NCAA tournament Haley Van Lith is going to be uh, back to that level that we were seeing earlier in the year. I'm certainly hoping that you're correct on that. Uh, I feel the same way as well. But Jeff, sometimes that happens to players. Remember Erica Carter, who turned out to be such a great player for Louisville, was so bad as a freshman. Not trying to disparage on her or anything, but Jeff Wall said I would yeah. gladly paid her airplane ticket to send her back to California at the end of her freshman year. Yeah. She said, no, I think I'm going to stay and and look what happened to her. Yeah. Her freshman year was pretty rough. Uh, You know, she she was learning to play at this level and, and at this pace and, and really needed to improve her shot a lot, which to her credit, she did a lot of work on that and became a very good shooter. Uh, Her freshman shooting was terrible (laughs) to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I look at Haley Van Lith and I say, okay, you've got this true freshman coming in here, this this high school phenom uh, that's getting all the attention, but not a lot of true scouting film available to her, on her. Uh, you know, so she comes in and she's she's a very talented player. She's an extremely talented player. She doesn't have the eyes of the team on her. She's not needing to be in that leadership role. She's not needing to be the one that steps up. We talk about Dana doing that all the time. Um, And then you also have these other teams out there going, who is this HVL? We don't know that much about how she plays. We don't know that much about her tendencies. And then as you get later in the season, there's this buildup of film on her that they can look at her. They can look at what she's doing. Okay, she's going to come. She's going to, she's not afraid of making contact. She wants to go to her left hand because she's a lefty. You know, understand that. But she's not, you know, restricted to that. Good ball handling. And, and, and they start to learn how to guard her a little better. Um, and, and that's, that's going to have an impact. And as a freshman, she probably doesn't have the skills uh, quite to be able to adapt to those things, to be able to read what the other team is doing and adjust for it. Um, that'll come. I mean, she's like I said, she's a phenomenally talented player. I'm not taking anything away from her here. This is just what freshmen go through, right? To to learn the game at this level uh, beyond just having the skills, so uh, the the raw skills. So yeah, it's, I, I'm not worried about it. I I don't think there's anything wrong there. I think other teams have figured out how to play against her a little bit uh, now that they have some film to work with. Um, she's she's going to be great. She's a very talented player, and, and she's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think the circumstance has something to do with that as well. Um, if she was on a team that didn't have Dana Evans, I don't think we, we would have seen the fall off because she would have been in a position where she needed to evolve much more quickly um, and, and get past that figured-out stage. Um, and even if Kiana Smith hadn't come on in the way that she has, uh, in this latter half of the season, then and Haley Van Lith was being asked to do more than she would be doing more. Um, 
she's in a very good position to where she can sit back, she can kind of try to recover physically, and she can understand uh, how her teammates are able to beat, you know, double teams or beat the scouting report and, and learn that without having to press and get to the point where she's getting frustrated. And maybe she is getting frustrated, uh, but she's not showing it um, with, with still putting in solid effort in her time on the floor. So we certainly hope that she'll be able to get out and and do some things here soon for the for the basketball cards. Uh, Tom, once again, kind of catching up on us here a little bit, but I do want to make mention of a couple other things that are taking place. Uh, Louisville right now trailing Florida 3-2 to two in lacrosse out there as they're about halfway through the first half, a back-and-forth battle where the cards scored, Florida scored, cards scored, Florida scored, and Florida just scored again. So it's 3-2. Well, Absolutely, yeah. It's just boom, 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 boom. But, of course, in lacrosse, you're going to get a lot of goals. Yeah, so that's that's the way that usually works out. Uh, softball, let's talk just a little bit about softball, change of plans for the softball cards. No longer headed to Columbia, South Carolina. Headed down to play Bama. Bama, the softball power from SEC Conference. Daryl, this is kind of a... a a change in schedule, and I don't know if it's a change I'm really excited about because Bama comes in and they're a big team, aren't they? True that. But I will take the uh, non-COVID-related uh, schedule change, however, because at least that means, you know, we could still play after this. Um, but I just need something spring-related to get me out of this icy funk here in Louisville. I'm excited. <laughs> Okay. Too bad it's not on TV, though. Uh, I think they just got the Twitter updates, which is, you know, all you can do right now with the last second changing. And But it should be a good test. I mean, going down to Bama is not going to be an easy task, especially when you switch your opponent in the last two days. So um, I'll be excited to follow this one. I just I just need some spring sports in my life. I say you're going to get a change from ice. I'm going to have a lot of snow in a couple of days. Uh. <laughs> Right, I, you and me both. I'm with you. <laughs> and I'll make three. Yeah. Uh, we're coming into this thing, though. Holly April is proud of her pitching this year, and she certainly had some very good pitching with Taylor Roby coming back. Now, we did find out that uh, one of the Cardinals pitchers from last year won't be pitching for us because of an arm injury right now. And that's Chardonnay Harris. But they also have a very, very good transfer in in Jen Leonard and two very good freshmen coming on. The pitching, I think Jeff is going to get a test down there tomorrow in that doubleheader, eh? Yeah, well, I think everything down there is going to get a test down there. Alabama's the number eight team in the country. Um, SEC is is a an absolute juggernaut top to bottom in softball. Um, you know, like the ACC is in lacrosse and field hockey, the SEC is in softball. Um, they are... Basically, top to bottom in the conference, you're going to have really, really good teams there. Um, yes, including Kentucky. They're also a pretty darn good softball team as well. Uh, yeah, this is this is going to be a test. This is going to be a, an, a, an immediate, real, and large test right out of the bat as a season opener. It's oof, going to be interesting. Um, Alabama is ranked eighth, but they are the third highest ranked team overall. you got Florida in seventh, LSU in fifth. Um, for SEC teams, that is. Um, I also have some uh, some Pac-12 teams up there as well. So 
um, you know, the top top ranked schools are basically Pac-12 and SEC. All in the warm areas. And, and Oklahoma. Yeah. Don't forget, don't, yeah, don't forget the team that can win twenty nine to zero in yeah with, hit thirteen home runs in four innings. The directional yeah. school from Texas, right? They, they struggled big time. But they only put up twenty eight home runs or something like that. <laughs> yeah, in one game. Yeah. That's not a weekend series, folks. Yeah. That's in one game. Yeah, thir- thirteen home runs, breaking the previous single game record of ten, which was probably set in a. Uh, seven inning game. This one went just five, and they hit eleven in four innings, uh, and they won twenty nine to zero against uh, UT San Antonio. So it was um, brutal. Yeah, for, brutal, brutal for them. Uh, Alabama. I mean, on the other side, Alabama opened their season with a ten zero win over Alabama State, in which they threw a combined no hitter. So uh, they're no slouches either. Yeah, certainly will be a test for the Cardinal hitters against a very, very proven and good Bama squad. So hopefully they'll do well down there in that. And, you know, gang, it's, it's hard to believe what we've run right up on the noon hour here. So uh, a lot of things covered today. Certainly a very good show. We'll get into I'm not going to do a prediction on a game. I'm not going to get your guesses <laughs> on a game because, honestly, we don't know when we're going to guess on another game. Daryl, I know you'd stay with your standard score anyway, so it doesn't matter. I just like <laughs> Daryl says 91 to 60 votes. Yeah, I don't care who it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're going to score 91. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go ahead and start going out with some final thoughts then. We'll let you go ahead and start it out. Uh, that must be uh, Scott Teeter telling me the score. That you say me? Yeah, go ahead and start it. Said Daryl with final thoughts or are, are, are we doing softball? Oh, so, final thought, sorry. Well, just happy Valentine's weekend, everybody. Hope you stay safe out there. Um, this ice sucks. Uh, having to walk around on it, I just assume, presume not to. So stay in the house if you can. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll hopefully have some games to talk about sometime soon. It's got softball. Hopefully that goes well and, and it's not ugly. I got to agree with you there. Let's hope that we can be competitive. Yeah. In there for sure. Jeff, what's going on with you? Final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I just want to mention, I, I'm going to sneak in too real quick. Uh, uh, tennis played uh, yesterday against Vanderbilt, a very good Vanderbilt team, uh, 14th, 15th in the country, I think. Um, only scored two points in the overall match. Uh, did get the doubles point, won the doubles point in every match they played. Um, but uh, the, the probably newsworthy point of this one is that it was a four- hour long match uh with, with one of the set one, one of the uh matchups being like seven six with a tiebreaker and that and you know t- two of them went i think seven six and like seven five or six five or seven five something like that i mean it was a you got an epically long uh match so um you know lost but uh good effort by by, by the cardinals um they're you know, against a really good team. Uh, and my second one, I want to s- sneak in really quick. I'm going this afternoon to watch my niece play her uh, in her high school basketball game for the Brown School. So, uh, yeah, I get to go watch basketball in person. Do they play? Uh, does the Brown School play co-ed basketball? No, don't look so. Okay. They played co-ed soccer yeah. when I was in high school. So, yeah, yeah, um, you know. We're not talking about a, a 
athletically oriented school here but uh you know my niece is a freshman she's having a lot of fun with it so uh you know hey let's go out let's I get to go out i'm wearing my my yellow shirt the colors are blue and gold so i'm ready to go it's gonna be fun don't be that in-law that embarrasses the rest of the auditorium well i'm not an in-law she's my niece he made yeah. uncle he made uncle yeah, uncle. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't be that family member that. Oh, no. They, they have to escort out. You know, no, yeah. no, I won't do that. Yeah, I can't see you doing that either. Hey, right, real good. Uh, moving on in good case. Final thoughts from you, sir. I can't believe Jeff left this one wide open for me. Um, I get to mention that Dayton and Louisville played in in volleyball to open Louisville's season last week. Um, with an exhibition match, Louisville won that one. Um, four to one. We didn't get to talk about it. Uh, PK got the dreaded negative uh, 1,000 hitting percentage. Um, just one <laughs> just one attempt, uh, and it was an error. So very unfortunate to see that. But uh, good to see Louisville get their uh, feet under them. Unfortunately, you know, drop a set to Dayton, but Dayton's not a bad team like we mentioned. Um, and, you know, they're playing around with the lineup as an exhibition game. So excited to see uh, volleyball back in action and to get their spring season underway next week like we mentioned. I, I did write about it last week, so it's not like I completely dropped it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So we certainly hope that they'll be able to uh, get things rolling with that and not have to go through the delays that a lot of the other sports are you know, bouncing around with right now. Final thoughts out of me here. Just uh, certainly I wanted everybody to uh, have a great Valentine's Day weekend, like Daryl mentioned earlier, and if you know, hey, if it doesn't matter if it's your, your significant other, your mom, your dad, your coworker, anybody you want to just kind of take the time and maybe get them a little something or say to them, hey, you know what? I dig you. Have a great year. You know, just let them let somebody know you care about them. Always a good thing to do on Valentine's Day, and certainly also, uh, like Daryl, excited about the upcoming spring sports that are coming right around the bend here. The crack of the ball on the bat. Hearing Scott Teeter yell. Stuff like that. Spring sports. Wow. It is the light at the end of the tunnel. All right. Everybody have a great week of it. We'll see you next week then here at 11 o'clock. Unless you know something we don't. Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. We appreciate you all listening today. Go Cards. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm-hmm.